you wonder what happened in sports today, Brandon Petrilli, he got the wave. We talking a lot with bros today. Cracking some jokes, the podcast way. Goals on goals. Where homers on homers. Tutties on tutties. Got moments on moments. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into Petrilli. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the BSP podcast. We got a little bit of a different one here because the Philadelphia 76ers are Super Bowl champions. Oh, oh wait, no. Sorry, sorry. They're they're almost <laughs> NBA champions as we move forward here. We have my Sixer correspondent here with me, Holden Heron. We're going to break down everything in the world of the Philadelphia 76ers and the NBA. But first, we had the Super Bowl the other night and Holden is here with me. We're going to break that down a little bit. Our reactions after the game we're recording right after the Super Bowl went down and then we'll get into a little bit of Sixers talk as we move forward here. Holden, how are we doing, brother? I haven't heard from you on the podcast since the Sixers lost to the Atlantic Hawks. How are you doing? Yeah, I was actually, I was just, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I was actually just on your podcast yesterday on Spotify. And for some reason, the episode came up, the, uh, Sixers are back. Sixers and five with Holden Heron. It was a nice yeah. friendly reminder of, you know, that was a nice one we did there. Nice little yeah. jinx. But um, <laughs> I've been good, man. I've been good. I've been waiting for this hard and trade for a while, so it's been a good week. Yeah. Well, now for all the viewers out there, you can see both of our beautiful faces. If you're watching on YouTube at the BSP podcast, make sure you go subscribe, like the videos, comment. Uh, let us know who has the better mustache, Holden or I. You know, our facial game and man, facial my, hair. I'm not even, come on, man. Real strong. <laughs> I'll say it the other week. You out here playing with me. This is right. a nice week. Neat week's growing right here. All right. All right. All right. Let's get into it here, Holden. Big game. The game of the year for the NFL. Biggest game ever for the year. The Super Bowl. Yeah, no. Rams take down the Bengals in a good one. It, it started out slow. You had a couple touchdowns. You thought, all right, the over's definitely hitting at this point. But it finishes 23-30. to 30. The Rams come out on top on a late Cooper Cup touchdown at the very end with a minute 45 left. I mean, what were some of your reactions to this game here, Holden? Um, one, it was a great game. We saw uh, some good offense, some good defense. The Rams' defensive line obviously had a, a lot of great showings. The Bengals got some sacks. Uh, Bengals defense forced some turnovers and they stayed in the game. But uh, at the end of the day, the Bengals defense or the Bengals offense, excuse me, I couldn't necessarily uh, match the firepower, I guess, of the Rams. What was the final score? They didn't score 23-20. 23-20, Bengals covered. Yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, only 43 points scored total. So, I mean, that's a low-scoring game. But uh, they did cover and – No, just for what the two teams have been doing this whole – season high powered offenses you had the one big play to Tyler Boyd to start the second half there where maybe it was an offensive pass interference maybe it wasn't but they yeah, got I saw that he out. grabbed his yeah there were some people complaining about the rest because obviously there was another really questionable call uh on that third and goal that the Rams had when it was like a minute and a half left on the Cooper Cup he did a little out route and they called holding which made it first and goal and it would have been fourth and goal and it was a pretty ticky tacky call but 
I mean, all things said, they didn't call a lot of flags all game. I feel like it wasn't like overtaking the game. And I feel like if anything, that's a make up call for the uh, face mask that wasn't called against Ramsey. No, yeah, hundred percent. There was like three calls up until that very last drive for the Rams. And yeah. then all of a sudden, there was a lot of there flags was, at the end, but yeah, yeah, there was three in a row, and you were just like, well, "We had three all game. Now on the last drive yeah. here, they're gonna give it to the Rams." A lot of people might be a little salty yeah. about that, but uh, two of them definitely earned. When they had the uh, a holding call on the Rams, and then a pass interference or something like that on the yeah, Bengals the offsetting offset, ones. yeah, that one fine, but the the one that gave them the first down at the one. Who knows? That's going to be the talking point moving forward here throughout the week. But the biggest thing for me was a- where coming out that uh, out of the halftime there, the Rams go and they get our not the Rams, the Bengals go get that big touchdown where maybe it was a pass yep. interference on Ramsey. Come back, get an yep. interception the next drive, the next play, I believe, on the tip pass from Stafford. Yeah, it was really soon. Yeah, And then the Bengals weren't able to score a touchdown. I felt like if they scored a touchdown there. That gives them uh, this ten... game a lot further out of reach. Yes, big time. And that would have been a huge turning point, but they only settled for the field goal. And getting Aaron Donald involved there, getting that sack to force the field goal was an absolute game changer. And that's where I'm coming down to it here, where Aaron Donald gets th- uh, two sacks, the big play at the very end of the game on fourth and one. I feel like yep. he got robbed for the MVP. What do you think about Cooper Cup yeah. coming in and getting that MVP for the for the Rams for the Super Bowl? I think I would agree with Cooper Cup getting it because I think, especially when you consider OBJ going down with an injury in the first half, he kind of took over. Granted, Matt Stafford did a decent job. He had a couple picks, but he did a decent job spreading the ball out with OBJ going down to a, a lot of random guys. I couldn't even tell you the names of. I know there's some white dude named Hendricks. But uh, overall, I think Cooper Cup kind of taking the load on, especially that last drive where they scored with the minute 30 left. He had, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but had to have, I feel like, four or five receptions on that drive alone and the – Go ahead, touchdown. And he finishes the game with nine receptions, 80, 90 yards, and two touchdowns. Something like that. Two yards, two touchdowns. Yep. I think it's interesting, though, that for the first time in a while, I feel like most of the time the Super Bowl MVP almost always goes to the quarterback, you know? And I feel like this year, the most of the talk was is it going to be Aaron Donald or is it going to be Cooper Cup? So I like that the fact that that uh, award kind of got diversified this year. Yeah. My, my biggest thing, I totally agree. I'm not, I'm not that upset about Cooper Cup getting it. I mean, the guy was their whole offense when OBJ went Oh, down. yeah, no. And all year, yeah, no, he, was their, no... he was their main offense, you know? Yeah, there's no taking anything away from either Cup or Donald. They both obviously played absolutely incredible. Aaron Donald just had those couple plays that turned the tide. You know, I had a couple shekels yep. on him, so I was, you know, a little biased. But, you know, when it comes <laughs> down to the end of the day, yeah, it was a very good Super Bowl. Very, very good. It wasn't yeah, an instant no, classic, absolutely. you know, by any stretch of the no. means, but it was a great way to end a very competitive uh, NFL season where you thought maybe the Bengals and Joe Scheisse were going to go down there and get that field goal to force overtime. What a great It looked like they were going to do it for a second, bro. That third and one call, just that run not getting there is just, you know, something that I think everyone was kind of preparing for them to get that first down and they kind of, already moved past that first down and then all of a sudden it's fourth and a half a yard to go and they try to pass it but Aaron Donald's just too fast he's right there already dude and that's going to be the biggest talking point for Cincinnati Bengals moving forward here a town much like Philadelphia that hyper analyzes everything they love their Bengals and they're going to talk about that run yeah. call I, I don't I didn't hate it 
because you got the timeouts in your pocket. You've been running the ball well, gashing them. You had them dropping back. They Aaron have. Donald just made Nixon a play. had a great game. Yeah. And Aaron Donald yeah. just made a play, stuffed them. I thought the spot was bad. I thought they should have got maybe another half yard out of it. I thought they were short, but I think a full yeah. yard was a bit of a stretch. But then when it came down to it on fourth down, that pass rush just absolutely clamped the game, and Aaron Donald sealed it just like they did. The yeah. Burrow really never had a chance, yeah. Burrow really never had a chance. Donald broke through the line. And All right, hold on. Now, let's get back to my original point when I started off this episode of the BSP Podcast. Make sure you go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at BSP Podcast, at Brendan Petrilli. Go follow Holden, too. Holden's always throwing out some fire tweets. He's always a good laugh going back and forth with people at Holden Heron. Is that your handle, Hold- right? Or is it Hold Dizzle? Or what, what, what is it? No, now? no, it is not. No, it is not. Holsey is this Holsey Golf Dad. Oh, it's Holsey Golf Dad is my Twitter handle. H-O-L-Z-I-E if you couldn't tell by the polo golf he's wearing, he's a big golf dad. You know what I'm saying? You know. Yeah, I can't. I can't have my. I can't have people search Holden Heron on my Twitter. The first thing come up on Google, so I had to change that. Yeah. Gotcha, Holsey Golf Dad. Go check him out. But let's get into it now. The the Sixers correspondent here. We were talking a little bit before we hopped on Zoom. The 76ers team brought in an MVP to play with the MVP. A Hall of Famer to play with the MVP. James Harden is going to play with Joel, Hans, and Bede, and it, it's going to be a heck of a ride. We can't wait. Holden was talking about driving up from North Carolina for this game Tuesday night against the Boston Celtics. It's going to be fun. If he gets on that court, you saw the way Joel Embiid absolutely dominated a top-five defense top five defense in the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are the number two seed the in the best East big right man defenders, and absolutely put Jared Allen in a body bag. Absolutely put him in a body bag with one of the best dunks in his career, probably the best dunk of his career. One of the I mean, dunks of the year for sure. Hold, what are we looking for? What's your new expectation here? Me and you, we've gone back and forth about the NBA you're you're big in the NBA, you know. I you you heard my last podcast. I was bitching a little bit about it. What's our, what should yeah. <laughs> be our new perspective here moving forward with this team with James Harden? I think we should be grateful that Darren Morey took the shot that he needed to take. You know, I think it was pretty clear before the trade deadline that this roster is good, and while Embiid is absolutely dominant, him and Tobias alone, with Maxi being the third best would not be a dominant enough team to contend for a championship. So I think it was evident that we needed to make a move. And now we get to watch two of the most exciting players in the league do it together. We got Joel Embiid, who scores more points per minute than NBA, any NBA player in NBA history, paired with James Harden, who in his prime is one of the top five scorers in NBA history, arguably, and is still an elite scorer today. Yeah, the biggest thing I think after that, you bring in Harden, to pair with Embiid, but you kept Thibel, you kept Maxi. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. Yeah, to be able to build with those guys on the rookie deals, to have them keep develop on your team, and say, God forbid, Harden doesn't work out, right? Maybe, you don't know. Reportedly, he was going to pick up his option for next year, but there hasn't been anything confirming. That, I thought seen- I saw something that he did. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. But then I saw something else saying that it hasn't been official. But from what it seems like, he's going to be here next year. So you at least have this trial run this year 
to figure out, have Doc Rivers figure out how to use this Shame. line. James Charnia said, as part of the deal, new 76 star James Harden is opting into his 47.3 million player option on contract for next season. Okay. So, Shams tweeted it's probably good, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, we're good for this year and next year now moving forward. And having yep. those young guys on the backside of that, if after this two years doesn't pan out, you still have Feibel and you still have Maxi at 23. You know, he's, he's younger than he's, us. Yeah. Like yeah. he, he's younger than us being able to develop and get even better being an off ball player, not having to be that on ball point guard to move forward. If James Harden doesn't work out, but in the meantime, now as these two guys have grown over this past year, thank you, Ben Simmons, by the way, the only time I'm going to say thank you during this whole part was letting Matisse and Maxi be able to grow this whole past, what, 50 games at this point, letting them be yeah. the guys and figure out how to become NBA star players. Because they're not there yet, but if Ben Simmons was on this team this year, they would not have had anywhere close to the opportunity or the role to get to where they are now. Oh, absolutely, especially Maxi and Matisse, because with Ben playing, they don't like to play Matisse as much because two guys that don't particularly shoot the ball well don't pair well, so... You're right. If Ben were to have played this year, we wouldn't have got to see as much Matisse. And I think Maxie's a lot closer to being a star than we think, man. If he can keep hitting those threes like he has been and pull him with the confidence he has, he's got a lot of potential to be big. So, Holden here. What are we thinking when it comes down to it? You have the Brooklyn Nets against the Philadelphia 76ers coming up March 10th. Do you Number one, does Ben Simmons play? And number two, Who's guarding who when it comes down to it with the new two starting lineups for both teams? I like that. And I've actually thought about that because I've already been on 2K in my league, you know, with the new rosters and I've, I've, we've, I've played the Nets, you know, I already beat them in the playoff series at SM2. So yeah, I got this course. handle, believe me. Of course. But uh, so March 10th is a month from a couple days ago. Uh, yeah, I think based, Patty Mills said that he's been talking to Ben Simmons regularly and that he said he's been training and that he's, a lot closer to being ready than people think. So I think he's definitely going to be back and playing NBA games by March 10th. And I think he almost has to play against us. If he, you know, has a rest day or a load management day on March 10th against the Sixers in Philadelphia, he's going to get eaten up just for, just for sitting out. You know, he is. And I think if we do run these, uh, so the current lineups, I think, honestly, I think you put Matisse on KD. I think you put Matisse on KD and then I think you can have Maxi or Harden stick with Kyrie. I think Maxi's probably a better uh, fit because he's a little quicker and more agile just yeah. on in and out cuts. And that's kind of Kyrie's game. Mm-hmm. And then I think you put Harden on whoever's playing the uh, three pretty much. And I think honestly with Ben, I think you just put Tobias on because Ben Simmons isn't pulling up. So Tobias doesn't have to be out there guarding him up perimeter. He can still stay somewhat inside to contest guys that are cutting towards the rim. And when Ben Simmons comes in, Ben Simmons, he's a big guy and he's fast, but we've seen that he doesn't have that killer instinct to go at guys fearlessly. So it really doesn't matter. Obviously, you can't put someone small like Maxi on him because you could just put him in the post. But if you put a body on him like Tobias, who's big enough, if Ben Simmons isn't aggressive, then that's kind of doesn't matter. You keep him on – you keep Toby on him. You keep Joel locking down the center. And what a and slap in the face what, that would be. If if Toby's guarding him and it's not Joel, 
or it's not Harden or somebody like that, you know, even Matisse, like just a slap in the Harden, face. Yeah, they might we'll even put, put Harden on him. Yeah, right. Because they, they you might have even other put Harden problems. on him because Harden's you, long you, enough. God, Harden's long enough. No, yes. I just I was agreeing. I just said they might even put a hard on him because he's long enough. Yeah, because when it comes down to it, Ben Simmons isn't your biggest worry. And that's when it comes down to, I no. think both teams win this trade. I, I, I think because the fit with they Harden, did. with those two no. guys, it just wasn't there. Too many ball handlers. He knew it. Every That was the biggest talking point. There's only one ball, right? Now Ben Simmons goes there. He gives them the defense that they need. And you see this in the media, right? You see it all over. Everybody's talking about how the Nets won this trade. Ben Simmons can be that that force the four tool star for I do them. Love, I, I do love that. As soon as he gets traded, the media loves yeah. him all of a sudden. Yes, bro. Dude, it, it's the definition of insanity. You and I were both prisoners of the moment with Ben. We would defend Ben left and right against all of friends and family members that are going after him. Ben can be the guy. He's got all the tools. He can do it. You can see it on the defense. All he's got to do is just get his shot a little bit. That's all he's got to do. He doesn't even have to shoot anymore, right? And then he goes and just slaps everybody in the face. It's it's, it's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that's what's going on now again with Ben Simmons. And it's just it's just great to not have that be our problem anymore. And now yeah, to I have – I say – No, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, I do think both teams won the trade. You know, I think the Nets got great compensation for Harden. You know, they get in a top three defender in the league in Ben Simmons, a great shooter in Seth Curry, and a good rebounder, which they de- uh, definitely needed in Andre Drummond. But um, I think the thing is, is I don't know if I like the fact that they even made a trade because I really think when you look at the year and a half the big three in Brooklyn had together, they played 16 games together, including the playoffs. Yeah. It's hard to say they really weren't a good fit for myself to say that because they ne- really never saw what they could have been. Yeah. So I was I was surprised that they gave up and actually traded Harden. And I think it probably has more to do with Harden's uh, Harden and Kyrie's personal issues because earlier in the year when it was just Harden and KD, things were perfectly fine for Brooklyn. They were the one seed. There was no reports of any uh, – dysfunction within the organization. Harden was happy. KD seemed to be happy. And then Kyrie comes back. KD goes out. So now it's not Harden and KD anymore. It's Harden and Kyrie. Harden likes to go to clubs. He's a party guy. He's a loose, loose, you know, he's a goofy guy. He's a fun guy. And Kyrie, there was a one report that before one of the games against the Cavaliers, Kyrie was lighting sage in the locker room because he said, whenever he plays the Cavaliers, there's negative energy in the air. So he was letting Sage in the locker room. Report said James Harden was like giving this man a weird side eye because he was like just kind of weirded out by the fact that Kyrie was doing it. And Kyrie was like noticeably uncomfortable with James Harden being uncomfortable with him. And I think that probably played a decent role in it too because the Nets really fell apart really quickly this season. And it all happened when Harden and Kyrie had to play together instead of Harden and KD. No, 100%. Dude, they were Kevin Durant's big toe away from going to the NBA Finals last year. When Katie goes yep. and shoots no, that three against the Bucks, he was his big toe. And that was away. without Kyrie. That was without Kyrie and with an, uh, James Harden on a bum hamstring. Yeah, yeah, bro. And it's crazy for them to just think to about. go and blow it up. Crazy, crazy, bro. I, I couldn't believe it. You know, it could have been the greatest offense ever. You know, it could have been. But and we'll now, never know now, but and now we get to reap the benefits of it. It's it's early still, but I can't wait. 
I'm going to definitely want to have you on. And we're going to break down some of these games moving forward here, moving up to the playoffs of how yes. Embiid and Harden are able to mesh together and make this work and hopefully go on an awesome run. Joel Embiid, I mean, we didn't even talk about him at all really today, where he just had a 40-point triple-double, first guy for the Sixers since Wilt Chamberlain. You hear of that guy ever before, Holden? Wilt Chamberlain? Yeah, Whenever you're uh, breaking records that were only ever broken by Wilt Chamberlain, you're in pretty good company. Yeah, very good company. Pretty damn and then, good company. Uh, the only other guy in the NBA to have a 40-point triple-double is the guy you just traded for in James Harden. You're putting those two guys together now. I mean, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope everybody out there is stay tuned in, locked into the BSP podcast here, as I'm going to be breaking it all down as we move forward, coming in to the next couple of months. And the NFL has died down. The Super Bowl happened. It's over with. Eagles didn't make it, but the Rams come out and they are Super Bowl champions. I'm going to talk a little bit about later this week why the Eagles should follow the Rams and say, fuck the draft picks, go get a quarterback, just like the Rams did. So stay tuned. As we move forward, I want to thank Holden again for coming on. Hopefully we have better juju than the last time we, we said goodbye to Holden for the Philadelphia 76ers here as we move forward. Yeah, hopefully things go time. a bit better. Yeah. Thank you again, Holden. On, as always. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody out there again for listening. Go check out us on YouTube. See our beautiful faces. Comment who's got the better stash. But and then go follow Holden Golf Daddy on Twitter. And myself, Brendan Petrilli, and the BSP Podcast. How's it going, Dad? Yes, sir. Shout out to the 215 and go birds.